With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick show on Fox sports radio. Steve Palazzolo is the senior analyst at pro football focused. And uh, he is the host of pro football focus NFL podcast. Go to pro football focus, go to PFF.com. Use the promo code draft 30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Steve, where are you today on what's going to happen at number three overall? You you locked in? You know, I, I, I've been believing it's Justin Fields despite all of the smoke. I'm getting talked, you know, out of that by, you know, the more people I, I speak to. But, you know, I, I thought it was Fields for a while because I just thought he was the best combination of passing and running and what Kyle Shanahan might want to do. I am starting to believe the Mac Jones hype and that Trey Lance might be number two. So I'm believing in, you know, it's probably Mac Jones, but deep down I'm believing that Kyle Shanahan made the decision that it's Justin Fields, because I think that's the best selection for the 49ers. But Justin Fields isn't his kind of quarterback. That that's my only thought on that. Do I think Justin Fields is as talented, if not more so? Yes. But does he fit what Kyle Shanahan wants in a quarterback and considering who he's had, you know, the, the comp that I got this morning from a source was he's like Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, so when I look at when I look at Shanahan historically, right, he has done an incredible job of elevating quarterbacks. I think we all agree on that. Matt Schaub and, you know, but the two times that he had kind of a trump card was 2012 with RG3, where they had a rushing attack in the play action game you know, was multiplied by 10. And then Matt Ryan was the MVP season in 2016. So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to chase one of those two things. 
So you have two quarterbacks who can run. They can add that run game component, you know, change the arithmetic at the line of scrimmage. That's what the Shanahan's do. The Shanahan's are put on the earth to make defenses, <laughs> you know, not be able to defend the run. And a running quarterback does that. So I'm thinking, okay, that's Justin Fields or it's Trey Lance. And then Fields, he's a little bit slow at times. He holds the ball about three seconds per drop back. That's, that's not fast enough. He's got to work a little bit quicker. But the Shanahan offense makes that easier. Yeah. And when Fields throws the ball, he's as accurate as any quarterback in the league. So that's why I thought that was the best combination of accuracy, but also that run game component that Fields brings. The Falcons are interesting here. Because I don't know if they know who they are right now. Are they are they a playoff caliber team? Do you add Kyle Pitts? Do you trade Julio Jones? Do you draft Matt Ryan's successor? Where do you think they go? Yeah, I think the way they structured Matt Ryan's contract, they're pretty much tied to him for two more years, which means, okay, they got to make a run. How do you build around Matt Ryan? And I think it's just an odd draft because there might not be a defensive player off the board till nine or 10. I mean, that hasn't happened since 1999 when it was seventh overall. So the Falcons would love to go defense. I think they'd love to trade down and accumulate draft capital because their defense is just depleted. But Kyle Pitts is really intriguing there, especially if Julio's there or not. There's only three teams in the league who have a Kyle Pitts-like player. It's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and maybe Darren Waller with the Raiders. So you put Kyle Pitts on the field with Julio, with Calvin Ridley. Even if Julio ends up getting traded, Kyle Pitts is an absolute game changer, and that's going to make the next two years of Matt Ryan in Atlanta look a lot easier. But if I'm, if I'm Atlanta, I'm exploring trading Julio Jones to get a defensive player from somebody in return. I want an impact defensive player for Julio Jones. If I can get that at age 32, that way I can take Kyle Pitts, and I think I've strengthened my team. I've got Pitts on a, a rookie contract, and he's going to be a game changer. I lose a game changer, but now I get somebody to help us defensively. Because if you draft Kyle Pitts and keep Julio Jones, this just means you lose 42 to 35. Yeah, I mean, there's look, they're, they're so depleted defensively. They drafted A.J. Terrell, a cornerback in the first round. They still probably need two more corners. The Bucs just re-signed Antonio Brown. You're not keeping up with the Bucs with only one half-decent cornerback. So, yeah, I agree. The entire back seven does need to be overhauled in Atlanta. So, uh, exploring the Julio trade, which would be a post-June 1st trade, I mean, it's a smart move. It's got to be at the right value, though, because there's also an element of it's an offensive league, and the way you win in the NFL, we saw this, but we see this with the Chiefs, the Bucs, the Bills, it's how do you defend this offense? You keep defensive coordinators up at night. How do you defend this? And I'm really intrigued by how do you defend Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts all at the same time? Best rosters heading into the draft. Give me the top two or three. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the entire Final Four last year. Of course, the Bucs and the Chiefs are both in there. Uh, the Bucs are, I mean, they brought everybody back. It has to be them. Uh, the Chiefs are up there. The Bills and the Packers are all up there, but uh, we just did a ranking over at PFF.com a couple weeks ago, and the Cleveland Browns were number two. I mean, this is the drafts in Cleveland. They're picking late in the first round. So this and is talent. No... This is strictly talent on the roster. The Browns are the second most talented team in the NFL. Yeah, when you look up and down as, as far as there's no real glaring holes, and where there is a hole, it might be linebacker, which, you know, it's, it's less important in today's NFL unless you have a great one. You know, it's, it's just a tough position to play. So the Browns have incredible depth. Uh, they have a good quarterback in Baker Mayfield, so um, they actually go into the draft without any glaring needs, and they could you know, pick the best players for their roster. Where do you have Justin Fields going? I mean, I, again, it, deep down, I was thinking, okay, the Niners don't – they're not really putting all this stuff out. Maybe they love Justin Fields. They want to just make sure the Jets don't take him. 
if he doesn't go to the Niners at three, which has been my inkling, um, I, I think Denver's in play at nine. Uh, I think Detroit is a wild card at seven because they're, they're just in the middle of a, of a rebuild. It's a six-year contract for Dan Campbell and the new regime there. They don't have to force a quarterback. But, man, if Justin Fields is there, you say, okay, Justin Fields, you're coming in. You're sitting behind Jared Goff. You're going to be our guy going forward. I think the Lions at seven, the Broncos at nine, and then the Patriots, of course, at 15. It's just been an, a different offseason for the Patriots, right? The most aggressive offseason in New England Patriots history – they could put the cherry on top by trading up to go get a Justin Fields and have him be the successor to Cam Newton. Steve Palazzolo is the senior analyst of Pro Football Focus, host of the PFF NFL podcast. First running back off the board is who and goes where? I'm thinking Najee Harris from Alabama. Uh, I'm looking at Miami at 18 and then Pittsburgh at 24. I definitely think Pittsburgh's in the market there for Najee. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big believer in running backs going in the first round. The only team I think could teams that can handle it might be the Bills or the Bucks because their roster strength is so good. But I think Miami and Pittsburgh might be in play there for Najee. If Christian McCaffrey was coming out in this draft, where would he go? He would, he'd probably be the top running back on the board. He still might go top 15. Again, you know, all of our data and analysis says, look, the running back is – by far just the cherry on the top of a perfect roster. And it's not the guy that you want to feature in the first round. And even if you don't have a ton of needs, like some of these other teams we're talking about, needs change daily. Look at the Chiefs last year, right? They they grabbed the running back. Now they need two tackles, you know, coming into this offseason. So um, McCaffrey would probably be the top running back off the board. He'd still probably go top 15. But I think the league is getting a little bit smarter and saying, look, the running back is the most interchangeable position in the NFL, even with the great Christian McCaffrey. So I think they're starting to slide a little bit more than they than they have in recent years. Does the data show that you shouldn't re-sign a running back? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of it's the interchangeability. Uh, the other part is it's not tough to identify differences in talents. You know, Chris, Christian McCaffrey's awesome. Zeke Elliott's awesome. Those guys are great. But the difference in talent level doesn't show up in production on the field. So essentially, you know, rushing production, the number one driver is run blocking or what the defense is doing, or simply I mentioned what Shanahan does, right? He just counts the box, right? It says, look, there's seven guys in the box. I got eight blockers. We're winning, you know? So that's the biggest issue and trying to re-sign a running back and paying him a big deal almost never pays off. We'll see if Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, you know, they're, they're trying to buck that trend. It's just not a good track record. If I gave you all the players in the first round and I got all the other rounds, and we totaled up the number of Pro Bowl appearances. Would you stay with the first-round talent, or would you take everybody else in the draft? In this particular draft or in general? This, this particular draft. Yeah, I, I think I'd take the first-rounders. I, I think there's, there's, there's a little bit more certainty in the first round. I think even historically, you get that. The NFL's not bad at drafting. They're pretty good at uh, picking the best players. It is interesting, though, if you, if you go back three or four years and you say, okay, who are the best 32 players in – in a given draft, you will have some late rounders and some undrafted free agents and all that. But for the most part, you do generally get your best players in the first round. So I'll take round one. Least talented team in the NFL is who? So the Lions and Texans are both in the mix. The Lions have just, you know, gutted the entire roster. The Texans have been gutting their roster unintentionally the last couple of years, trying to build around Deshaun Watson, making some mistakes. And as of right now, the Jaguars, you know, before they draft Trevor Lawrence, have some work to do. But I look at the Lions probably as that team that is just in full rebuild mode, and they have needs all over the place. So I'd say the Lions. Give me a draft prediction that on Friday, 
I I give you credit for. I call call you or I make fun of you. But give me um, a, a draft prediction, not an obvious one, that this audience will take into the draft. All right. So I'm going to – well, first it would be Justin Fields to the Niners. Okay. Let me stick with it. Okay. Fields to Stay the Niners with it. at three. Stay with it, Steve. Don't waver off it. Just because you have experts who are saying this or scouts or insiders, whatever. Stay with it if you're committed. What's I've been trying one? to get into. I've been trying to get into Kyle Shanahan's head this entire time, and I still think his head would move toward J- Justin Fields being the guy. But um, I'll say Justin Fields. I'll also say maybe there's less quarterback movement than we think. You've got those three locked in, or there'll be three quarterbacks at the top. Um, if Fields is the third quarterback, as I predicted, I don't know if there's as much of a market for a Mac Jones or even a Trey Lance as far as trade ups go. You might see those guys drop a little bit. If it is Mac Jones at three, I do think Justin Fields becomes coveted, though, and there'll be some movement in the top ten. Good to talk to you as always, Steve. Have fun tomorrow night. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Mel Kuyper, draft expert. The Disney Company kicks off its presentation of the draft starting at 8 Eastern on ESPN ABC, ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio. Mike Greenberg will host primetime telecast in Cleveland. You have Booger McFarlane, you have Lewis Riddick, Chris Mortensen, Adam Schefter, Susie Kolber, and uh, that'll be ESPN's 42nd NFL Draft telecast. Mel Kuyper's been along for the ride for most of those years. In fact, is it is it 40 years you've been doing this, or have you been there since day one, Mel? Dan, I've been doing it for 43 and with ESPN, 38. 38. Uh, what What is your mood like? How nervous are you? Will you be tomorrow night? Uh, not at all. Uh, I think, you know, you look back over the years, Dan, and maybe in the early first couple, you were just apprehensive because you didn't really know kind of what to expect. And then Boomer, you know, Chris Berman kept me at ease. I was with Bob Lee and Chris Berman those first couple of years, and uh, that made it easier. And then after that, Dan, you just get used to it. You're always nervous when you don't know what to expect. And when you come in, you're 22, 23 years of age and haven't had any experience on television. Obviously, you know, going on an NFL draft show is, a, is, is something that you, you wonder, okay, how do I do it? What do I do? Yeah, I had no idea. I was, there was no way of knowing until you actually did it. So after a year or two, it's, it's obviously the preparation and you know going in. And you talk about it, Dan, so much, as you know, over the course of the year, yeah. that by the time you get to kind of draft that, you're ready to, ready to get this thing started and find out actually where these guys are going to land. When's the last time you were truly surprised? Every year. Uh, every year. And that's why mock drafts, you do them, Dan, but you want to be surprised. And nobody wants to know what the presents are under the tree on Christmas morning. Nobody, nobody wants to know who's being picked. We know the first two picks in this draft, Dan, and you know, nobody's talking about the Jets in Jacksonville anymore. Once, about a month ago, it's, everybody stopped talking about those two teams and those two picks. Now it was all about the 49ers, and they've kind of kept people guessing a little bit, but we thought Mac Jones, but that was all about Atlanta at four. So I think when you look at it, it's, it's the unpredictability of just about every choice after maybe the first one. And I remember back then the Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer, you didn't even know the morning of the draft for sure that Drew was going number one. And there's been other drafts like that. So I just think it's the anticipation that fans have. And you know, the crazy part for me, Dan, is after the draft, we do a grade show. Okay, We grade the draft. And, yeah, that'll be on Tuesday. And even on Monday when we go through the, the gauntlet of every show talking about the draft, I'll be talking about a player to how I mocked him, not where he actually went. Because in your mind over the last few months, you're thinking, I, pro- I project this player to this team, and I've been pretty consistent with it, but that's not where he actually went. So once he goes there, you're going to kind of reprogram your mind to say, okay, he's not a, he's not a cowboy, now he's a stealer, whatever it may be, Dan. So that, that's on Monday and Tuesday is even more of a challenge than anything you do during the course of the year. But what you did initially was you projected where a player should go or what a team should do. Now it's different in a mock draft. Um, if I said what should the Jets do at number two overall, would that be different than what the Jets are going to do at number two? Yeah, completely different. I would have kept Sam Darnold and, and utilized that pick by trading down. You say if you're stuck at two, you take the best player on your board, whatever receiver that is, whether it's Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, whoever it was, I would have gone forward with Sam Darnold. And I think Joe Douglas basically admitted and said that, okay, had we been picking three, that's exactly what we would have done. He fell in love with Zach Wilson, mm. and that's why it was a second pick. He decided to take Zach and trade Sam. Now, had he, like I say, been picking third, he would have kept Sam and then utilized that pick to get extra choices, move down a little bit, or use that pick on a, on a receiving entity. So I think it just came down to Joe Douglas's love of Zach Wilson and that tremendous arm talent and that great year he had at BYU. 
to force him away from Sam. Also, resetting the clock. We've talked about that, how important that is. But uh, yeah, I would have got the 23-year-old Sam Darnold to go through what he did. I don't think you owed it to him, Daniel, or anybody. Like, it's not fair. It's not about fairness. But it's, I think he gets a fresh start. He learned a lot, and he'll be better for it with the Carolina Panthers. And if he's successful there, Carolina should thank the Jets for putting him through that. Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman always told me, you learn by the mistakes. You learn by all the bumpy roads. And that's what Sam Darnold went through in New York, and now he's in Carolina with a completely fresh start. He's, only, he's the same age, Dan, as Kyle Trask who's in this draft. <laughs> what, would, what should the Niners do? I would take Justin Fields, and that's been my second highest rated quarterback all along. I was obviously at Josh Allen number one when he went with third quarterback overall. Had Herbert high last year. He went third overall. You think about so I had Jordan Love ahead of Herbert. Uh, you know, some obviously think that Justin Fields is the fifth quarterback in this draft. I respect all those opinions, and I just disagree. I think he's the, the second best quarterback. What he did in 2019 is kind of being forgotten. It's kind of being overlooked. It's all about 2020, a COVID but, but year. But you had Jordan Love above Justin Herbert? No, I said some did. I had oh, okay. tried a high grade on Herbert. Some had Jordan Love over Herbert. And, uh, you know, that was where, you know, that happens and things. You know, everybody has different opinions. But, you know, that's why I say Herbert was very underrated. It was taking a lot of, of criticism going to the draft. Josh Allen, I had the number one quarter. I had a battle on Josh Allen. So I battled on Allen. I battled on Herbert. Like I said, some had moved Jordan Love ahead of him. And I'm battling on Justin Fields, but it lost that battle. But I've said all along, Dan, the quarterback who falls a little bit, like Josh did, like Justin was the third quarterback, Herbert. Justin Fields could be the fifth quarter. Those quarterbacks, Rodgers, go back in the Roethlisberger, go back to Dan Marino in 83, sixth quarterback in round one. Okay, These quarterbacks that have fallen have done pretty well over yeah. the long haul. Not perfect, but they've done pretty well. So it's, 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 maybe it's a chip they get from being overlooked and maybe criticized. I don't know what it is, but those teams have usually benefited from that drop. But they go to a better team. You know, the reason why you're up in the top 10 or top five is because you probably don't have a good quarterback. And then if you go to a team, and even if you sit, like, you know, if you ended up with the Steelers and, you know, you sat for a year with Ben Roethlisberger or you went to one of these teams that, you know, like the Bears are a playoff team. They just don't have a good quarterback. Uh, Washington football team, playoff team. They don't have a good quarterback. If you end up with one of those teams, you know, you, you might have a chance for long term success over Zach Wilson trying to survive the Jets. True, Dan. Uh, we went back to I went back to 2000. Between 2000 and 2016, 44 quarterbacks went in the first round. Only three are with the teams that drafted them, and that's Ben Roethlisberger's only got one more year. Aaron Rodgers, who could be moving on after next year, who knows? And uh, also uh, Matt Ryan, who, who has a couple more years left. And from 2009 to 2016, I did that because that was Stafford's year against Golf's year. So between Stafford's year in 2009 and Golf's year in 2016, Dan, 22 quarterbacks in the first round. None of them are with the team to draft them. And since 2017, we've had Haskins move on, Rosen move on, Darnold move on. It's just unbelievable how quarterbacks were drafted in the first round since 2000. The vast majority are gone from the team that drafted them. He's Mel Kuyper, draft expert. Um, where should Mac Jones go? You know, I think to New England would be the perfect spot. Uh, you know, 49ers obviously are at three. You know, Kyle Shanahan seems to really like him. But I think the, the ideal spot would be San Francisco. Let's face it, Dan. What's better than being in a Kyle Shanahan offense? It guarantees, or Mike Shanahan offense as well. It guarantees the quarterback a chance for success. And the only thing, the only reason Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the quarterback defined clearly as our guy is because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. 
Yeah. You know, a couple of years in fourth, the 49ers injured. The year in New England when he filled in for Brady, he was hurt there. Only played in two of the four games when Tom was suspended. So he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. He had that meltdown in the late fourth, in the midway point of the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. But the durability with Garoppolo is the biggest issue. Uh, but I think if Mac Jones goes there and he takes over for, for Garoppolo in year midway through year one or year two, whatever it is, he's going to have success. If he goes to New England, obviously it's, it's the Tom Brady fit as opposed to the Cam Newton fit. So I think either one of those spots would be good for Mac Jones. Did you scout Tom Brady? I did. What'd you think? Liked him. I had a yeah, I had a grade on him like late fourth, early. I know higher than he went, which I can tell you it's all in print, Dan. We talked about it when he was. <laughs> I think the anniversary of that. We had they played the whole soundbite of what I said when he was drafted, and I had him ahead of Spurgeon. Win. Remember Spurgeon Win went from Southwest Texas State, <laughs> went ahead of Tom Brady to the Cleveland Browns. We're in Cleveland for the draft. Dan, Cleveland took Spurgeon win in that year out of Southwest Texas State over Tom Brady. I can look back and say, I'm ahead of Spurgeon win. The Browns obviously didn't, and, and uh, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's career would have been a little different had the Browns taken him instead of, of, uh, of uh, you know, the Spurgeon win, Dan. Uh, where'd you have Russell Wilson? Probably a little too low. I was, I, 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 don't, I say a little low. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, so everybody had him. He was a third-round draft choice. I remember saying that year, I don't know what Russell Wilson will be. I have no idea. He's only five, ten, and three quarters. We've never had that. We had Seneca Wallace around that size. You know, you had Doug Flutie going back to Fran Tarkington. There have been some. Fran Tarkington had a great NFL career, but uh, that that size. I said he was gonna he was gonna be the the, the, the quarterback who defined the next basically the next fifty hundred years of the NFL. And what he did, he opened up the opportunity for Kyler Murray to be the number one pick overall. His success or lack of was going to define how other quarterbacks under six feet were going to be viewed, Dan. And uh, the fact that he did great. Now, to, to what I said, I just said, I don't know. So if I don't know, I wouldn't have drafted him high, obviously. And he went in the third round. So, again, the NFL was kind of having that wait-and-see approach with Russell Wilson as well. Hey, go prove it. And if you prove it, then we'll look at 5'10", 5'11", quarterbacks a lot differently moving forward. I remember watching the Big Ten title game. We were in Indianapolis, and Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson were going back and forth in a shootout. And then, you know, Kirk gets drafted, I think, fourth round. Russ gets drafted third round. Mm -hmm. But a, uh, a source of mine said at the time, uh, NFL scout, he said, if Russell Wilson was 6'2", he would be a first-round draft pick. Like, the, the difference in the mindset, even back then, was – Hey, if he's 5'11", uh, I don't know. But if he's 6'2", he's a first-round draft pick. Do you believe that? Yep. Yeah, because it never happened before, Dan, yeah. to that level. And, and I think until somebody does it, like I said, he was a trailblazer. He, he did something that – and I said this on the draft. I say, and John Gruden loved him. I give John credit. John loved him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was screaming at me, it doesn't matter. Well, I said it matters because, <laughs> let's face it, I was kind of right and wrong. I was right in the fact he wasn't going to be a first-round draft pick. He was a third-round draft pick. So if we're talking about where he was rated, I had it right. Now, did I have it right when he ends up being a Hall of Famer? No, but the rest of the league got it all wrong, too. 32 teams in this league. I mean, hey, Dan, Seattle waited until the third round. They could have very easily lost him, too. So I give them credit for, like, Brady. Brady goes to New England at the end of the sixth round. They took a kid from a cornerback from Virginia in the sixth round ahead of Tom Brady, the Patriots did. But give them credit because they were one of 32 that took him. Give Seattle credit because they were one of 32 that took Russell Wilson. But 31 teams got it wrong. They got it right, and he still went in the third round. So, again, I think he proved that it doesn't matter and that's why like i said dan that's why kyler murray was the number one pick overall uh coming out of oklahoma but when he had some struggles with texas a&m and and people were wondering he's gonna play baseball even with that 
he went number one overall, and that was all because of uh, Russell Wilson. Don't get defensive now. I, you know, I just want to, you know, I'm just asking these questions here. I don't want you to be yelling at me, all right? <laughs> um, don't make me mad, right, Dan? Yeah. Um, it, let's take Trevor Lawrence out of this. The one player that you say can't miss. I would say the receivers as a group, those top four. I think, I think, and I, I think when you pit, look at that pitch, you go to Devontae, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle. I think all four of those are, that's your, to me, that's your second, third, fourth, fifth highest rated players in this draft behind Trevor. I think they're there, and I know receivers have some fails. You know, those are special guys. Those are, are the ultimate competitors that have the ability to help out on special teams like Waddle. Pitts is a unique talent. I would, I would bet on all four of those guys having great NFL careers. If, if one doesn't, that'll be it, Dan, and it might be good, not great. But I would, I would say you're pretty safe taking any one of those four players. That goes back to the Jets. They could have kept Sam Darnold and had one of those four, even with a trade down and picking up extra choices. So uh, Zach Wilson's going to be defined by his greatness or a lack of, and also be defined by how Sam Darnold does. So I think we're going to be looking back on that whole move. It's going to, it's going to define Joe Douglas's career with the Jets. If, if he hits with Zach Wilson, then Joe Douglas is going to have a winning award because he's going to draft well. they got good scouts. The Jets drafted well last year. They're going to get players around Zach Wilson. It's, and they already have a much better talent base going into this year than they, will, they had last year for Sam. So he's going to have a chance. He's, not, he's going to have a fighting chance. Sam had no chance. Zach Wilson's going to have a fighting chance if he's up to the task. Yeah, see, I'm just skeptical on Zach Wilson, and I'm skeptical on Trey Lance. I know they have talent. I just don't know, you know, what's it like with adversity? What's it like when you throw an interception? What's it like when you're facing an opponent who is a lot better than you? I, I don't know that. Um, and and I, that's why I just pause that the Jets are sold on Zach Wilson. And, and look, he looks like a guy who would be playing a guy who gets drafted number two overall. I understand that. I just, you know, we grew up in a time where we had so much more information on somebody. Like, we have too much information on Justin Fields. As a source said to me, people are overthinking Justin Fields. I don't get it. That's my, that's my thought process. But, I mean, it's hard to assess if I've got seven starts or, you know, 11 starts here. It's just kind of crazy. Or I have to be, I have to factor in your previous year like Jordan Love and then go, okay, who are you here? Uh, we don't factor in Justin Fields' great year the year before, but what he did this past year, it's like, well, I don't know. I got questions here. I mean, that's why it's an inexact science. You just said it. I was, I was just going to say, Dan, you just took words out of my mouth. I said that's why it's unpredictable. That's why you never know. About 50% of these first-rounders won't live up to their potential. Uh, it's just the way it is. It's trying to find, figure out who is, has the biggest bus factor and make those decisions. You go back to Phil Sims, came out of Moorhead State. You have Steve McNair out of Alcorn State. Doug Williams out of Grambling. We've had them. Joe Flacco was at Pitt, then he finished up at Delaware. But he had these. you're right. Uh, you think about Trey Lance and, and certainly uh, you know uh, Zach Wilson. They haven't been on the big stage. They haven't faced any elite opponents. And that's and now you go into the Big Apple if you're Zach, and you're going to be going somewhere if you're Trey. Now, I think Trey, if he goes to the right team that can let him sit, watch, and learn for a year or two, he's only 20 years of age, Dan. He only had 17 starts. I mean, he completed less than 57% of his passes in six games against one double-A opponent. So he needs time. His accuracy needs to improve. He needs time. I think when you look at a guy like Zach Wilson, I think the arm talent, 
the undeniable ability he had to move around, athletic kid, basketball player in high school, just won over Joe Douglas. Because I, I, you know, Zach Wilson wasn't great in 2018. Or 2019, he wasn't Dan. Yeah. He was uh, he struggled with turnovers. He he didn't have the accuracy he does now. He wasn't the quarterback he was this year. But this year, he definitely wowed everybody over against, as I say, a cupcake schedule. Uh, how much time will you spend on your hair tomorrow night? Very little, Dan. It's not like it, it's not. Hey, put it, Dan. Put it this way: it's not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all in that same boat. We're all in that same boat. Not you, Dan. You're you're rolling along. Oh, now. hey, it's great to talk to you. Congrats again for uh, all your success, Mel. You started all of this. Well, we can blame you and we can credit you. It's like Oberman and myself on SportsCenter. You can give us credit. You can blame us as well for what we did on SportsCenter. I think we can do that to you with all the mock drafts that are out there. Hey, it'll always be the big show, Dan. I remember the book when Keith called me and said, you do a little, little, little excerpt with the And I told Keith what you guys meant to, to the sports and ESPN. It was remarkable what you meant and how, how, how many fans I think you and Keith created all those years. Mel, great to talk to you, buddy. Have fun tomorrow night. You're the best, Dan. Take care, buddy. That's Mel Kuyper, draft expert. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Andy Staples covers college football for The Athletic. And before we get to the potential for a playoff here, Andy, let me ask you about these quarterbacks. The biggest question mark you have with the quarterbacks is attached to who? Trey Lance, sample size. And, and that's really it because he's got everything else. I mean, he's got everything you want in terms of size, speed, arm strength, football IQ, all that stuff. But he's played one season in the FCS as a starter. And that's that's the issue. You know, you can say Mac Jones has only played one season as a starter and Justin Fields played one and then an abbreviated season. But they're playing in the SEC in the Big Ten. Justin Fields or, or uh, Trey Lance was playing in the FCS. So that's really the big question. And the thing I would, I would want out of the team that drafts Trey Lance is give him a chance to learn, you know, give him kind of the, the Pat Mahomes redshirt treatment. And, you know, if that's the 49ers, you could probably do that with Garoppolo. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the camp that says that, that Kyle Shanahan is looking at Mac Jones and going, oh, here's a guy who played in a basically an NFL offense last year under Steve Sarkeesian. He can just he'll throw the ball where I want him to throw the ball. And I like that. So I, I see that it's the Falcons at four that intrigue me. Like if they're going to take a quarterback or if they're going to trade that spot to somebody who's going to take a quarterback, I think that makes it more interesting. I would love to see Justin Fields go to the Falcons. I would love to see a guy from Atlanta yeah. be the Falcons. I mean, he would be an icon in Atlanta if he leads them to a Super Bowl. Well, they loved him so much in Georgia, they let him transfer to Ohio State. So, Arthur Blank had nothing to do with that, Dan. (laughs) Arthur Blank did not make Justin Fields go in on that fake punt. Uh, Give me the quarterback, though, to keep an eye on with all the quarterbacks that you looked at this past year. I'm intrigued about Kellen Mond and and what NFL teams think of him because uh, this is a guy who's, who's athletic. He's got a good arm. He got better every year at Texas A&M and, you know, he's coached very hard by, by Jimbo Fisher. Uh, so personality wise, he can, he can handle whatever you're going to throw at him. And the, the question is, can he be a little bit more dynamic than, than what we saw at Texas A&M? Now this year is interesting because he, again, he got better, even though he lost his four best receivers. He had a couple guys opt out right before the season started. So I, I think, you know, if you're picking in the, second round and you're looking for somebody who might be able to come in and help you, he might be that guy. All right, let's recap what you and uh, Stuart Mandel were tweeting. FBS commissioners considering expanding the college football playoff from four schools up to double-digit teams with the quote from a source, I sense 12 teams is building support. How far down the road are we on this? They've been talking about this for a little while. I mean, this discussion actually started following the 2018 season. And if you remember the, the, the final college football playoff rankings in that season, that's the one to remember Ohio state didn't get in, you know, Notre Dame got in. And so that, that knocked out another BCS or power five conference and Ohio state not only didn't get in, they finished in the final rankings behind Georgia, which had just lost the sec championship game. There's that fake pun again. Sorry, Georgia fans. Uh, but that was when people looked at it and said, well, hey, wait, wait, what's going on here? Are, are we the Big Ten, the most powerful or second most powerful conference in college football? Are we going to be shut out of this thing multiple times? Because remember, they didn't get in 17. 
They didn't get in an 18. Their champion didn't get in in 16, but Ohio State did. So you've got that. Then you've got the Pac-12, which hasn't gotten in since 16. You've got the Big 12, which was the the original you know, existential crisis. We didn't get in the playoff. And people are just thinking about this and going, wait a second. Why are we in a system where we can just be knocked out in September, October, when we can have a system where everybody plays and we keep everybody engaged and somebody from every league is getting in? And I also look at it when somebody says, well, it renders the regular season meaningless. And I said, no, it doesn't. Now it nope. means more teams. Well, the importance of the regular season, if you say 12 teams are going to make the playoffs, if I make it now 20 schools are involved in those with the chance to be in the 12 team right. playoffs. If I, you know, look at college football now, how many get a chance to be in the top four? We may have seven or eight. Now I can at least double that. I might even triple that. And it would only be 9% of college football teams that would make the playoffs. The NFL is 40% of the NFL makes the playoffs. College football, the bowl games will mean something now. Uh, you could have secondary bowl games that now have are elevated a little See, bit here. I'm going to stop you there. Bowl games are done. Other than the ones that are already semifinals, they're done. I mean, they're going to be bowl games because they're television product and people like watching football on TV. But you're not putting those early playoff games in bowls. You're putting them where they belong on campus. You oh, know, so you're going to have I want to see. OK, so you're going to. Yeah, have, I want to. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what ESPN wants. That's what the schools want, because think about this. If you're an athletic director and you're trying to sell season tickets. Well, you want well, to have a full house, you more, too. Yeah. What and what's going to sell you more season tickets? priority to, to buy tickets to a home playoff game or that buy game that you're probably going to end up getting rid of. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Give, give me the options that are in play here. It, now, is it just, it, there's a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're, they're look. I mean, they've said they're looking at six, eight, 10, 12, 16. I think realistically we're talking eight, 10, 12 are probably what, what they're, what they're looking at. Eight is very neat. It's a multiple of four. You have three rounds quarterfinals on campus and my finals at bowls neutral site championship game mm. uh 10 and 12 then you add another week but you add buys which i i somebody i was always an eight guy and i had an ad text me out of the blue a few months ago with with a an idea of 12 and i was like why that's is that, that seems like too many and this person's like no you're protecting the regular season by putting in the buys and by putting in the hosting so you know it matters if you're one through four, because you get a buy, it matters if you're five through eight, because you host a game. It matters if you're nine through 12, because you either get in or you don't. That's a lot more engaged fan bases and engaged teams, you know, because one of the big arguments is if you do this, does it nullify the conference championship games? Well, let's look at what would happen. So the Pac-12 conference championship game, which is not really relevant most years, like last year, USC and Oregon, they're playing for a championship and a trip to whatever, but this time it'd be for a playoff appearance. So that is a huge, huge game. I mean, it, that has stakes. Everybody wants to watch that because the, you know, the, the team that's going to play them wants to see who they're, who they're going to play. And then the sec championship game. Okay. I don't know if Alabama had much motivation because if they lost, they might still be in the top four, but for Florida, if they win, they would have gone into the top four. So they not only would have gotten a buy, they would have gotten a home game. So there's motivation there. Are you looking at the power five conferences will get automatic entry here? 
I would think so. And I, I would think you can't do this without, if you're going to 10 or 12, you got to give an auto bid to the, the highest ranked group of five champion to the, the Cincinnati or the UCF or the Boise state or whoever that is, because that's just good for business. That's a lot of fan bases that stay more interested in the sport who don't feel like they're completely shut out of the, the race for the championship. Now, do those teams have a chance to win the championship? Would they, would they win potentially four games in a playoff and win? Probably not. But I guarantee you the first time one of them wins a game, this becomes the most beloved sporting event in America. How soon can this happen? So the soonest it could probably happen would be going into the 2023 season. The, the, the contract as currently constituted runs through the end of the 25 season, but the, the rotation of the bulls where you have, you know, Rose and sugar or a semi and then, and then Fiesta and, and peach or a semi that starts again in 2023. So you could, you could okay. rip some stuff up and do it then that, that would be the earliest. Good stuff. Hey, thanks for giving me some content today. You know, I, that, this is, this is great. <laughs> What do you got? Next we appreciate week? <laughs> it too. Thank you commissioners. Cause we were getting bored. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Andy. Great to talk to you, buddy. That's you. Uh, Andy Staples covers college football for the athletic Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live at bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 